Welcome to another episode of the MCPA Podcast. Today, we're excited to welcome Alexis Goodman to the podcast. She's a current student DC at Logan University, and we look forward to connecting with her today on the show. You can join the MCPA. One of our upcoming seminars will be in Springfield, January 19th and 20th, Kansas City, February 16th and 17th, and we'll close it out in St. Louis on February 23rd through the 25th. Welcome to the MCPA podcast. We'd like to welcome Alexis Goodman. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you doing today? Doing well, doing well. Thank you so much for coming on. We had the pleasure of meeting when Derek Leffert and I were in Logan University for one of your career fair days. So it was great to meet you then. And since then, we've sort of wanted to get you on here to talk about the student experience and just learn more from the future of Doctors of Chiropractic. Yeah, I'm super happy to be on this podcast today and talk to you a little bit about student life. Yeah, yeah, and almost everybody listening here has been through the same thing that you're doing right now. So it'll be great for them to compare uh, when they were in school and what has changed. And then for some of the more recent doctors, you know, it may just be cool. You may have some overlap there, uh, professors, folks that, you know, they had saw in the career services department. So it's always fun when you hear about somebody else's experience and you realize you're not alone on this planet. Yes, I know it can be super overwhelming as a student sometimes, and it's important to realize that other people have been in the same boat too. Yeah, and that's the benefit of the state association in addition to some of the other professional networking opportunities that they have. You know, when you come for the continuing education, that is important. That's part of the relicensure period. But there's also times where folks hang out on the breaks or we'll have uh, like a lunch and you'll just catch up with somebody from... Uh, your chiropractic college, or maybe it's just somebody that lives in your town and you didn't even really know them. You've seen the name, but you've never thought to go into their office during practice hours because you're, you know, in your own practice. So I think that's the benefit, kind of chatting with people and you just realize how similar you are to other folks. Yes, the MCPA has definitely opened me up to a lot of the local doctors and the area surrounding Logan. So I've gotten to know a lot of the practicing docs and come to see how they practice day to day. And They've definitely helped me out, just helping me out with the Student American Chiropractic Association. They've been generous enough to help guide me and um, help me and give me some advice. Yeah, and that's what you do. You got to give back. Sort of sets the way for the next future of doctors coming in, and it also tells you pretty much, you know, if you're not fighting to protect chiropractic right now, then we're going to have some backsliding. And if that backsliding really takes hold, it's uh, much harder to bring things back than it is to maintain or maybe push forward. You never want to find yourself in a situation where, you know, you lose the secrets passed down through the, the oral tradition, if you will, the things on that front. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of value in getting involved as a student and advocating for patients, even as a student. You know, I'm seeing patients at the Montgomery Health Clinic at Logan's campus. So I've been able to interact with patients and start treating them under my clinician, Dr. Hewitt. So it's been super helpful to um, have the MCPA. There's a lot of value in getting involved as a student. Um, I'm involved with the Student American Chiropractic Association. And every January, we get the opportunity to meet with other ACA members in Washington, D.C., so right now we're advocating for the Chiropractic Medicare Coverage Modernization Act, basically um, updating this bill that hasn't been updated in 50 years to ensure that these Medicare patients aren't paying completely out of pocket and getting the treatment that they deserve. 
Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. That's an important piece of legislation. It's going to affect all the chiropractors here in America. And, you know, here in Missouri, we were also fighting for payer parity to get Section 2706 of the Affordable Care Act brought here for equal pay for equal service. It's the Patient Protection Act. Pretty much they are not reimbursing in the correct proportion. And as a result, that's shifting the burden down to patients and ultimately chiropractic physicians from some of the services that you're able to provide. And then eventually you're not paid for. So that ends up coming back to adversely affect the patients. So that's what we're doing here in the Missouri side. Can you talk a little bit about what you know about the Medicare Modernization Act? I know we have a couple of great sponsors and we also had some uh, big changes coming up for this year. We try to put one up each time. And this year is one where the ACA has put out a couple of updates on this one. Yeah. So right now this bill is aiming to help cover more services to be provided by chiropractors. So uh, Medicare patients currently only have spinal manipulation covered by Medicare. So this bill works to allow for extremity adjustments, um, examinations, which are required for chiropractors to do. And it's important that these patients aren't paying for all of this out of pocket. And this bill will allow for Medicare to cover some of these services, which ultimately makes it easier for the patient to come visit their chiropractor and get their services provided. And that's going to be a big demographic of folks is, you know, you you have your work health insurance, you've been on it for years, and then you, you know, you reach 65 and now you're eligible for you know, Medicare, and you have to sort of change up what you've been doing. So you have the doctors that have been treating people for a while, and then they move into Medicare eligibility, and things change for them. Or you get folks where you don't even get to meet them until they're already Medicaid eligible. And you mentioned a very important point there that the examinations aren't covered, but are very critical to making sure you deliver the proper care. So that's one that's just uh, baffling to me. It's uh, you would you wouldn't want to treat somebody without getting the proper information down. Like you wouldn't do a drive-by treat and just uh, do somebody at the supermarket that you know asks you for some help there. And I just feel like if you're not covering the examination, you're removing a major underlying part of making sure they get the right care. And then this comes into documenting like their soap notes and how they've been doing. So if they're not going to pay for the examination, it's my understanding right now, they just roll it up as part of the fee that you're paid altogether. And it's not uh, actually reimbursed. You just have to do it as part of what you're, if you do the spinal manipulation, or if you get some other type of pay, they're just not paying you for your exam. Yeah. And like you mentioned, the examination is a crucial part to make sure that these patients are getting the treatment that's best for their condition. So it's very important that, you know, they're getting coverage for their examination. Yeah, just a baffling one. And I think the modernization part of that bill, the Medicare Modernization Act is really the most telling part. And, you know, here in Missouri, we also have the inclusion on the pain program for the Mo Health Net. So when you get into some of these uh, government uh, subsidized services and trying to reach more patients, you know, when they're on these plans, they should be able to see their chiropractor and they should be able to have the proper, you know, steps taken to make sure they're getting the right treatment. And they really shouldn't be getting the, you know, the bills kicked back to them because of some result of, you know, disagreement over what's covered. And, you know, I get it. If, you know, you're in a situation where you're out of network, sometimes there's uh, carriers where you're you know, just not going to be covered. And it's, you know, there's other things that have to be done there. But we're talking about situations where, you know, everyday citizens are being denied access to chiropractic, either through the actual, you know, being denied through the, either their physician or another type of insurance company, or they just get priced out due to the fact that, you know, some of this is going to have to come out of pocket. And there's a lot of folks who just can't afford another monthly expense right now. 
Yeah, and it's important that these patients are able to focus on their health and not worry about the money aspect of it too. Exactly. So we're looking forward to that one. We're keeping an eye on that. We appreciate the ACA and everything that they've done getting that bill out. And, you know, Missouri, when you're trying to make sure you get all of your sponsors here, we also have Dr. Quinn James that is doing a lot of great work on that one. He keeps everybody updated and all the other ACA representatives, uh, Dr. Taz also out of Missouri as well. So, you know, we have a lot of good support here, but it's one of the things where until this is done, we're going to have to keep putting this on the agenda each year and we're going to have to get people to recommit to their support for this. And this is going to benefit the patients. This will in turn benefit the doctors as well. But it's uh, when you look at the patients not getting the care that they need, that's just of the highest importance to fix. There's no situation in which we should be having these patients out here in pain or just in any circumstance where, you know, this could be fixed with an administrative capacity. And it's not like overhaul of a system where, you know, it may break some stuff. This is just getting doctors to be able to provide the treatment that they're licensed to give. Yeah, I've gotten the pleasure to meet Dr. Quinn James several times. He's involved with District 1, so I see him every month at the meetings, and I am just truly inspired by how dedicated he is in advocating for his patients in chiropractic, Um, but I also just think that there's a lot of power in numbers, and um, there's a it's important that these doctors and students get involved and help support advocating. Yeah, and that's the portion that when we send out information to our members and we ask them to please share this with their family, friends, and patients, uh, the patients and the people outside of just the walls of your practice need to know what's going on as well. I believe there's a lot of people in your community that support you and also love the work that you do, but just didn't know what you were going through. And, you know, sometimes we all get busy and, folk, you know, it's hard to take a look at certain issues, but this is really affecting folks when they need it. Yeah, people don't seek out uh, relief for pain just because it's uh, something they might be interested in. You know, it's like, oh, I, I can live with it. Uh, folks are, you know, they're seeking a relief from pain. It's not something where you're going to have them wait. And then just to be told there's, you know, sorry, this one is not covered. We can do it this way if you'd like to, or, you know, if you're in a situation where it must be billed on their insurance, people uh, spend a good amount of money on their health insurance. Sometimes it comes from the employer. Sometimes they pay for it individually. And as a result, they're trying to get a return on that investment. They want to make sure that, you know, they've done their part paying into a certain monthly premium. And as a result, they, you know, should be able to get the care that is either prescribed by the state or allowed under some of the federal guidelines of what we're trying to change there in DC. It's a fight. That's why we need everybody's help. You need to call your representative. You need to call your senators. You also need to make sure that whenever you're uh, having these discussions with patients, they understand what the root problem is. It's something where their quality of care is going to be impacted by the different types of reimbursements being throttled, especially when they're eligible to receive this care. In Missouri, we have the 24 visits that you're allowed to have per year as part of your plan. And this one comes without the need for pre-authorization. And when you have folks that are told not only are they going to have to get you know, pre-authorization to have these visits covered, may also have to come out of pocket, you know, an unexpected expense. So when you combine those two together, it's uh, more important than ever to get involved, whether that means you educate just one person in the week that you meet and have time to speak to, or if we can get two a day, you know, anything you can do can help. And the worst case scenario is that you teach somebody something they didn't know. And best case scenario, you get a new supporter for the cause. Yes, for sure. It's super important to talk with your patients, friends, and family and have them reach out to their representative and make sure that the representatives are getting word of how important and impactful this would be for chiropractic patients. 
Yeah, and we had that opportunity with Representative Jason Smith, the chairman of the Ways and Means Committee. He came out to Logan University, and that was a very important night because when you're talking to your representatives, you know, they're relying on folks in their circle to get them good information and they set these events up. But when you're actually talking to your representative and you really get an idea of what they're going on, he was speaking just of some of the challenges for rural health care providers, in addition to some of the different types of modernization that needs to be done on that fact. And they held a meeting, and I believe it was in Crystal City uh, at the end of last month, where they did a roundtable with different types of healthcare providers. And, you know, the unity in that room was definitely something to be mentioned. You had uh, surgeons and other types of folks that were there and they just, you know, they're overwhelmed and they don't have the support in some of these uh, counties. And, you know, to just get hit with the financial burdens, both as the physician and the patient, when you look at all of them together, something's got to change. There's a massive healthcare provider shortage and you're also starting to see a massive shortage on primary care physicians. So when you start adding all these things up, you know, just from the patient side, just on my own, if, if the question is, go into a situation where I'm unsure, I'm getting triple billed, and I'm not feeling any better, I may just stop going in. I may just decide to like stretch it out at home. And, you know, if it's a situation where you're having like a health ailment and you skip going in for, you know, something that was needed for the diagnostic, nobody wins. You know, you don't win, your health doesn't win. And it's, you know, just going to be a greater hurdle getting you back to health, optimal health when the, uh, you know, physicians get involved. Yeah, and that can be very overwhelming for the patient as well, too. Yeah, they may just uh, feel hopeless. And I hear this all the time. Sometimes I actually do get to speak to patients. They call us uh, looking for a chiropractor, and we have a find a doctor directory. So I have them search by zip code, and then they can uh, call the doctors there and see if it'd be a good fit. And a lot of that just comes down to, you know, people are reaching out because they need some guidance. And when MCPA members call and they need help with, you know, I'm having this issue here, or, hey, I need to get the continuing education in by this date. Uh, that's sort of the role that we provide. So I think the same way that you serve your patients, the MCPA serves the Missouri chiropractic physicians. And it's, you know, it's an ongoing thing. It's something where someone may be super involved in a certain subset, such as, uh, you know, maybe some of the event planning, or maybe they help with some of the insurance matters. And when you look at that, everybody has an individual strength where the time that they donate they have a comparative advantage to put a little bit in on that. And as a result, everybody can benefit from it and nobody has to do everything. When you have situations where people are just uh, overtasked and you're having to have them do more than they can handle, uh, that's another situation where nobody wins. It's uh, just you end up being able to get to what you get to and everything else kind of just got to wait, you know, for a capacity struggle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think becoming involved with your state association. I know for me, becoming involved with the MCPA was super helpful, even as a student, just to give me resources to guide me and um, give me a network of doctors to reach out to. That's the benefit of having everybody there in District 1, is you get the ability to meet some of the docs that are local and practicing there. You're also meeting faculty who also support the MCPA. They have a bunch of different stuff. And Logan University also supports us by letting us have our meetings up there. So that is uh, pretty great that they do that. They meet on the uh, Logan campus. And I think the benefit is a lot of the people are, you know, previously students of the Logan University. And I think the benefit is you get to come back, reconnect with your, uh, you know, doctor of chiropractic schooling days. And then you also get some opportunities to meet the new docs that, you know, you just wouldn't meet because you're in practice and, you know, just it may not be possible for you to connect, you know, 
St. Louis uh, metro area and the greater area that they cover up there is huge. So sometimes you never meet people unless it's at the networking or the professional development that we do. Yeah, there's a lot of value in attending there. Every month I attend those meetings and just hearing at the state level and federally the legislative action that's occurring really helps keep me in the loop of what's happening, what changes are made and the progression of chiropractic. Yeah, and you got to stay on top of it. So much is changing and we do our best to keep a you know, pretty solid email schedule when there's updates that people need to know about. But we get a lot of updates from our members that will reach out to us and say, hey, I just got this from a, you know, directly from the uh, Medicare processor or uh, insurance rep or something like that. And they'll tell us, you know, they've asked us to send this along. And, you know, it's sort of the information network, you kind of figure out what people have going on. And, you know, if you don't find out until it's too late, then, you know, you wish that you were in a situation where you were on a mailing list ahead of time. Yes, just reaching out to local docs, keeping them in the loop is super important. Yeah, and that keeps everybody going and getting them in. Can you talk a little bit about how you decided to go to Logan University? What happened? What was your path to getting to Logan and what inspired you to want to become a chiropractor? Yeah, for sure. So growing up, chiropractic was a super, super common word that was used in my household. I was adjusted all throughout my life. And honestly, I never thought much of it. Um, I always had a passion to help people. And I knew I wanted to end up in the medical field. I just didn't know where. Um, my dad is a chiropractor. And so was my grandpa. My grandpa actually worked for Logan College of Chiropractic his whole life. And my dad actually works here as well. But this kind of led me in the direction of becoming a chiropractor. And Logan University was my first and only choice. And um, I was actually able to receive my life sciences undergraduate degree from Logan University through their three plus three program, which allowed for a smooth transition into their DC program. Wow. So it's a family endeavor. That's great to hear. And I hear this a lot with chiropractors where uh, you'll have several members of the family licensed. And I always think that's cool because, you know, you can choose to follow in the family footsteps or not. And get a lot of people that do. And it's definitely interesting because there's a commitment to wanting to help people, to serve people and finding chiropractic as the outlet to do that. It's always very, some of the people I've asked, they uh, had an injury themselves and were told at one area that they would have to have a surgery or maybe have something, uh, you know, permanently uh, fixed or, you know, the situation was going to become dire and they saw a chiropractor and they were able to get adjusted and they saw great relief from it personally. And then just decided to change their life plans, get some uh, undergraduate biology done. And then they shoot over to the uh, different types of like, you know, post-back things that they can so that they can go to chiropractic school. And I think that's interesting because for you, it seems like you may have known for a while that it was a option, but going to Logan for undergrad definitely kind of uh, sealed the deal for you because you're able to take advantage of the three plus three program. Yes, that was super helpful in starting my journey here at Logan University. It's great to hear. And that's always interesting to ask people to see where they came from. We just interviewed Dr. Patrick Hammond, who is the Royal chiropractor. And he was telling me that uh, he was from a small town in Missouri. They had four doctors in the town already. So he ended up going to Cleveland University, Kansas City. And then he ended up practicing in Kansas, maybe uh, the Shawnee area. So for him, it was just uh, had great experiences with chiropractic in his youth and just decided to, you know, branch out from his town in Missouri and go to 
chiropractic college and it's uh, the rest is history. So it's always great to kind of compare how people got started. And can you talk a little bit about the student experience, uh, how, you know, working with SACA has opened you up to learning more about what you're going to do once you graduate? Yeah, for sure. So right now I serve as the president of the Logan University SACA uh, chapter, and I'm also involved nationally with, I am their uh, co-vice chair for the communications committee and becoming involved with the ACA and SACA has just really grown my passion for chiropractic and allowed me to realize the importance of advocating for my patients that even as a student, you know, preparing for my time as a soon-to-be physician, I am just getting further involved, meeting more people, and that's honestly the biggest thing that I've gotten out of it is just networking and, you know, getting closer with faculty at Logan University and meeting practicing docs, and it just inspires me to get further involved and Honestly, there's just so much value in meeting new people and just kind of inspires you. Yeah, from my uh, undergraduate and master's degree experience, it's very easy to get caught up in the academic and some of the administrative hurdles that they throw at you in school. So when it comes time to networking and figuring out, you know, what are my options available? We've discussed, you know, maybe taking the associate route in the past, uh, giving you an opportunity to learn the you know the business side of things and figuring out if that'd be something you're interested in we've also talked about uh, going out and hanging a shingle for yourself sort of starting your own practice from the beginning buying a practice and just looking at the different ways that you know while you're in school you know so much of it is based on the information you're going to need to treat patients but it's just with so many uh, doctors of chiropractic you get the opportunity to run a small business as well on top of just being a physician so whereas some people may just uh try a system or, you know, some of the other areas that might have you like an integrative practice. Some people just go out on their own or maybe work under a, you know, a doctor with more experience with them for however long that they can. But that's always an interesting one. Do you have any insight on what you may be looking to do in terms of, are you going to take the associate route? Are you too far out to know? What do you think you're going to do after graduation? So right now I'm in trimester seven and at Logan, we have a 10 trimester system. So I'm getting close. I have about a year left until graduation. Um, but Logan has really shown me the many possibilities after graduation that are possible. Um, you know, some people, like you said, they want to go to private practice. They want to be an associate, maybe working in an integrative health center or even the VA. Um, there's a lot of options that we have after graduation. And it can be overwhelming sometimes, you know, trying to decide what's best for you. But I mean, it's better to have more choices than not enough. But right now, I'm still deciding what I want to do once I graduate. I think I will end up being an associate for a couple years and then eventually open my own practice. But I'm still looking for a doctor to work with and then where I'm going to go for my external rotation and my preceptorship. So still figuring out. I know that my last year at Logan is going to determine a lot of where I'm going to end up. Yeah, and that makes sense. Got a lot of big decisions to make. Can you talk a little bit about the preceptorship process? Just what you know about that? How does one decide that, you know, how do you find that? Does the Missouri Board of Chiropractic Examiners monitor that? Is it something in collaboration with just a school? How's that work? So at Logan, the preceptorships are trimester nine and trimester 10. And what's super awesome is that you're able to go wherever you want to go. 
So some students leave the country and then others, you know, may stay local or go back to their hometown wherever they came from. But as far as deciding where they want to go, it's all in the hands of the student. So some people come into the program knowing exactly where they want to end up. Others, like me, I'm not too sure where I'm going to end up. And the opportunities are honestly endless. And the amount of practicing doctors out there that are willing to be a mentor and help these students get on their feet. And just so after graduation, you know, we know what to do and how to practice and have some insight into running a practice, being an associate. So it's super helpful being a preceptor and I'm looking forward to that part of my education. Yeah, and that goes back to the giving back aspect because at one point that doctor had a preceptorship and at one point they were an associate. So it just helps to kind of keep the chain going. And you know, if you can help, it's definitely something that you should look into. I think the benefit when we met at the career fair that they had at Logan, there were several doctors there with practices in the greater Illinois area, also in St. Louis that were looking for uh, docs to come on as an associate. So I'm assuming that those same people sort of get uh, around in the preceptorship talks because they're just uh, pretty much trying to keep, you know, new people coming in, get them some experience, and then sooner or later, they might be ready to practice in their area. So it seems uh, related, the mentorship and giving back. Yes, there's a lot of doctors that work closely with Logan. So we have a lot of those career fairs, usually every trimester. And as well as, you know, going into Illinois and then also doctors that practice in Missouri. Um, there's doctors from Chicago, from Minnesota, from Kentucky. So a lot of other states also come in too to come and meet with students that, you know, like you said, want to give back, want to serve as a mentor. So it's really appreciated because Usually they'll come in and be like, who wants to go to dinner with me, you know, learn a bit about being in practice. And so it's helpful that doctors are willing to travel to Logan and give us some insight. Yeah, and that makes sense. That really gives you the opportunity to kind of test things out while you're still in school, see what you might like. And I think, I mean, I wouldn't be wrong in assuming that some people may have changed their you know, goals post-graduating uh, after their preceptorship. Maybe they saw something that uh, stood out to them or maybe just a glimpse of something while they were doing it. And they were just said, you know what, if I don't try this now, you know, there's never going to be a better time in the future to take this risk. So let me see if I should do it now. Yeah, I was actually just talking to a friend about that, how there's opportunities that we have at our hands right now that we need to take advantage of because, you know, maybe once we're in practice, we won't have that opportunity. So yeah. Yeah. And that's definitely something to look forward to. And as times get busier, families grow, uh, life happens, you know, everybody. And that's uh, sort of the benefit is that people are donating a little bit of their time to the MCPA and that keeps things rolling. And because we have the district set up, uh, you're usually, you know, working in the area where you practice. So, or, you know, just about, so that kind of gives you the opportunity to network with the local docs. And then we'll have these events where we do like our summer expo this year, it's going to be in Branson the last week of July. And you'll get something where they have the trade show. You get to come out, meet with other vendors, see what type of equipment or other types of tables that you may be needing. So you figure out when you're needing your stuff and you kind of plan it for July so that you can come by and get it there. And, you know, a lot of the folks that come out, you know, sometimes they'll use it as a vacation for the family. So they'll, uh, you know, the family will be on site at the resort. They'll come down to the classes. And then on the night where we don't have like a banquet, you know, you just have a free night out with the family and just kind of figure out what you guys want to do and, 
uh, Branson's great for that. A lot of folks really enjoyed going out there and uh, hanging out. We also do it in Lake Ozark. So every two years we go from Branson to Lake Ozark. So we'll be in Branson one more year and then possibly back to Lake Ozark for the uh, 2025 cut. Yeah, going to those events and meeting doctors, even just to go shadow their office. A lot of doctors are open to having students come in just for a couple hours or even for a whole day, come to see how they're running their practice, what tables they use and kind of help students better decide what's best for them. Do they want a private practice? Do they want to be an associate and helps narrow it down for us? Yeah, and that makes sense. The big decision to make and the good thing is you'll get to make it uh, several times, most likely. You'll get to move around and do what you want. We were just speaking to Dr. Hammond, and he's going to be moving into an integrative uh, clinic. So he's going to be doing uh, something different. And yeah, it's just you never know when a change is going to come your way. And if it can help you better serve the patients, then it's a win-win for you. You get to actually practice and you know fulfill what you've been working on. But then also you get to serve a greater patient base if you decide to move it to somewhere where you're doing you know more of the market or if you decide to go somewhere else where you're doing less. I talked to some docs that are just uh, they work a different type of schedule. Maybe they go to patients' houses, or maybe they have a few days a week in addition to the other time that the other folks are there working. So kind of figuring out what kind of schedule you want, and if it's feasible, then they make it happen. Yeah, I think sometimes as a student, you almost kind of get some tunnel vision, just forgetting that, you know, you're, wherever you end up gradu after graduation is not where you're going to be forever. And, you know, like you said, there's a lot of opportunities to move, go into different practices, and then also just practicing in different ways. Yeah, and you got to decide what you want to do now. And a lot of this is just, uh, it's big decisions that you're going to make, but you've already, you've been doing the best training that you can for it. And when it finally comes time to make the jump, if somebody needs more resources, where can they go on Logan and with the SAC organization, if they needed help uh, kind of figuring some of these things out, what would you recommend resources that they check out? Yeah, for sure. So at Logan, one of our career resources is Dana Worley, and she's kind of someone who's behind all these career fairs, and she's a super friendly face to always see. So she's always welcoming students to come into her office, chat with her, because doctors reach out to her, and they have these associate positions available. So having her as a resource at school has been super helpful and just working with her on creating your LinkedIn page or creating a resume is super helpful in the process of applying for these preceptorships or these associateships. Yeah, we were very grateful to Dana. She invited us out to the career fair and we'll also be having the MCPA day again coming up here. We'll have some more details on that. But it's always great when we can get out and meet people. And, you know, a lot of these resources, you know, if we don't have the answer, we can reach out to somebody that does, we'll, you know, put the time in to figure out what kind of info we can get for you. And then when you're on campus, you know, you want to take advantage of those resources now, because when you graduate and you get out into the practice world, it's just going to be harder to utilize some of those, uh, you know, student-based organizations, because you'll you end up having to come to someone like the MCPA. So you'll still have some support, but for as long as the time that you have those resources and you're paying with them through your tuition, I highly recommend checking them out because, you know, the best thing you can get done for them is just figuring out, you know, is there an opportunity out there that's going to work for me? Good. If not, let me leave my information with you. And if somebody ends up saying, you know, 
oh, lo and behold, there's a position that's going to be coming up here soon. You know, they, they just may know. It may not be something that's been posted anywhere yet. We have uh, associate positions on the MCPA website under the classifieds. Uh, doctors can place practices for sale, equipment. They can uh, put ads out for an associate. So always check the MCPA website. If you're looking in a specific area, they'll tell you where they're selling or where they have somebody available. And then also they have uh, office coverage. So if you ever need to take your vacation or if you have some time where you're just not going to be able to get to the office, they also have a service and some other doctors that will travel throughout the state of Missouri to treat your patients if you ever need that reprieve. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, we have a lot of doctors come in. We have a, a super big uh, student organization life on campus. So almost daily we have doctors coming in for meetings that want to be a part of these organizations and just giving back information that they've learned throughout practice that, you know, they want us to know as students, just telling us like, hey, look, this took years for me to learn. I want you to understand this now. Yeah, it's a bit of a cheat code. You can advance yourself up pretty quickly by just talking to those who have already done this. And, you know, if it's not something that, like, you don't know what you don't know. And that's going to be the challenge for a lot of this is that, you may have trained on a lot of it. You're now seeing patients, like you mentioned, and you get all these things, but then a curveball is going to come your way. You know, you're going to get some kind of a situation where you're going to want to reach out to people. And I think that's where, you know, you need to have that network set up. You're always going to have other people that you went to school with that you can try to reach out to. I was just at a veterinarian's office and she didn't know uh, if something needed to be done. So she said she'd FaceTime a friend from college, from veterinary college, and they spoke about it. And, you know, it just kind of stood out to me. It made me think about, you know, that's what you need to have. And for folks that, you know, don't have that network, and you can come create a new one inside of the MCPA and, you know, just uh, come to the membership meeting. You know, if that's something where, you know, you're involved, you pay your dues, but you're just, you know, you're not somebody that would be able to come out to, you know, a Branson event. You can't travel down there to Branson come to the membership meeting. We'd love to get your input there. And then we'll take the information that you provide to Branson and to the other ones. So you never have to travel too far to get involved. You just have to know when we're meeting. And on the other side of that, if there's something that's you know bothering you or something that you need help with, you just have to reach out because we do a lot, but we can't read minds. Yes. And I know as students, as practicing doctors, everyone's super busy, but making sure that you're staying passionate about what you're doing on a daily basis is super important too. Yeah, you got to have the passion. That extends uh, more than just being a physician, just uh, general tips for a happy life. You need to feel uh, content in what you're doing. And I think it there's some benefits when you're helping people. And I think uh, it's just, you know, you can see it. And I hear it with the docs that I talk to and they, you know, try to give me a synopsis of something that they've got going on. And, you know, you just hear about it. And they're basically saying like, you know, this person came in at this level. This is sort of where they were at. And then we applied these treatments, these modalities, and this is the results. And they show you the outcomes, some of the case studies they do in the CE courses. And you just see it. It's, it's affecting real people's lives. We're coming off the heels of National Chiropractic Health Month, and we actually got Governor Mike Parson to sign the proclamation. So he was able to declare October Chiropractic Health Month. Yeah, I saw that. That was awesome. Yeah, we always support Governor Mike Parson. He does a great job advocating for doctors of chiropractic, and we were just really happy that we were able to get that proclamation signed because, you know, any time that you're trying to get, and it recognized, um, and I need to check the statistics again, but it spoke about 
uh, musculoskeletal pain and the treatments that chiropractors provide. And it also gave some information about keeping people off opioids and using chiropractic in lieu of some of the, the drugs that they prescribe out there that just aren't great for everyone. And, you know, reading those two things and also the, uh, you know, the rural healthcare component of it, when you tie all these things up, you have doctors of chiropractic out here really supporting the community as if they, uh, they're holding it up, you know, and that's definitely the good part. It's uh, you're in these communities, your local reps and local business people know to send people to you. Uh, some people are referral based, so they're getting a lot of uh, people already from patients that they've worked with. And another one that was sort of revealed to me is uh, treating families. So sometimes you have uh, one member of the family that's your patient, and then they bring in somebody else. And now they have, you know, you treat the whole family. It's uh, kind of interesting. Yeah, that's, Referral plays a big role in practices. You know, at the end of the day, I've in one of my classes, we're talking about marketing and marketing yourself as a chiropractor, educating the community. But at the end of the day, the ultimate goal is word of mouth. You know, you want your patients to go out and bring in their family and their friends to you. Yeah, and that's definitely important to get because the biggest compliment is a referral in my opinion because it's uh, one thing to just you know tell somebody hey thank you very much I appreciate that and it's another thing to you know fully support and endorse their product and I don't endorse anything that I don't believe in so if you ever see me promoting something it is because I believe in it exactly and just educating the community about chiropractic because so many people don't realize that it's an option and like you mentioned a lot of people will go to surgery or opioids and at the end of the day, it's kind of masking the symptoms that they have rather than finding the root of the problem. Yeah, just uh, something to always think about. I recently caught a Netflix show called Painkiller. Have you watched this one by chance? I've seen that one. I haven't watched it, but I've seen that yeah, on Netflix. It covers a Sackler family and what they were up to with some of the opioids there in the early 2000s. And I don't know, it's just... Uh, you watch this television show about folks that there's a gentleman in there that is an auto shop owner and somebody's playing around at his auto shop with, I believe like a crane and he ends up getting hit in the back with a piece of metal machinery. And he goes to the doctor and they get him on the opioids. And within two Netflix episodes, uh, he's flipped over an oven to grab one of the pills that's fallen under the oven. He just throws his family oven on the floor uh, to get this pill. And, you know, I've, you've heard stories like this before. You've seen people that get put into tight positions on that medication and things are changing now. I think it's probably a safer environment now, just, you know, from my limited understanding of it, but that Netflix show really went into some of the different parts of that. And it just, uh, when things like this get momentum, it's just very hard to slow them down. And the people that were hurt in the process were many patients, probably many physicians as well, folks that also had to deal with some of the problems there. And, it was just uh, kind of a weird one. Sad, but I'm glad somebody made that so that people know you need to know your options when you get prescribed something like that. Yeah, for sure. Because some people, you know, they use opioids as one of their only ways of get, relieving their pain. So educating and sharing the different options that they have and getting them the resources that they need to get the help that they to, to help their condition is important. Yeah, you want to take care of it before it uh, delays into something like a chronic issue, something that you may have, you know, it may never go away, but you may be able to improve your quality of life now if you get started on some of these treatments. Yeah, for sure. A lot of 
healthcare aspects come back to quality of life and just ensuring that your patients are able to do what they want to do on a daily basis, whether that's picking up their grandchild or being able to go to work, you know, the basics of life, being able to do the dailies of activities of daily activity. Yeah, yeah, I've uh, had a couple of those ones with the VA chat with them about those and how uh, disabilities will impact you on those ones. And some of those ones, if I remember correctly, are like being able to clothe yourself, being able to use the restroom, eating. And then also there were some other ones that had to do with like remembering pain affects your memory. And then it's just, you got people counting on you, but you're just trying to count on yourself to, you know, keep it going. Yeah. And a lot of times patients experience things that they think are normal, like having a headache every day or having back pain. It's just something that they've come to terms with and come to live with. Yeah, that's definitely not what we want. And that is part of the benefit of being able to see a chiropractor and then just seeing, is there something they can do for you? If not, then you know what? No big deal. It was, you know, you did the consult, you asked all the questions that you had. And if you have some, you know, you don't know where the pain is even coming from, and it's just sort of, you know, generalized in an area, I might be able to tell you something that they can just uh, see from the body. I've seen uh, when I've been adjusted myself, there's just these, you know, they're feeling, and I, I'm asking like, you know, what are you looking for? So I've basically asked them to condense their entire training down into one question. And one of the answers I got was, I believe, I don't know if it was a misalignment or he could tell, he knows which one is, is doing right. And you can just feel the other side. And then they're able to say, ah, you know, you don't see this. And I'm like, no, I was once told that uh, one of my legs is shorter than the other one. And I said, how do you, how did you know that? Yes, there's a lot of things that we do as student doctors, doctors, you know, looking and evaluating our patients and being able to explain what we're looking for, what exactly this means. And, you know, like you said, one of your legs is short and it's just that is so common and it's just super interesting to explain that to a patient. It's like, don't worry, one of your legs is not permanently short. You know, sometimes it's functional, sometimes it's anatomical, but being able to explain these things to your patients is super important. Yeah, I did the very common where you look up from the table and you stare at the doctor with the wide eyes, but it was fine. It was exactly what you explained. Nothing that I was, you know, needing to get fixed right away. And then I think that led into one of the leg adjustments that he decided to do. And it, it I mean, it felt good. You know, it's definitely something where I was like, okay, well, now I need to monitor that. That's something that, you know, I need to keep an eye on, but I would have never known if uh, the doctor didn't take a look at it for me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's always a fun one. And you just, I learn a lot because, you know, when I, I work for the association and then also, you know, I'm a patient. So sometimes, you know, whatever information that I get told, it helps me two front, it helps me as a patient, but it also helps me on the other side, working for the association, better understanding I've done this for a patient and I'm running into this issue here, but now I have some uh, common understanding of what they're talking about. And, you know, the, whether that's uh, using my insurance, whether I've paid cash for it. And I'm always uh, interested in the different ways that uh, chiropractors are able to help, whether that's from actually adjusting folks and doing the manipulation, or if it's something like uh, getting into the nutrition. I see a lot of doctors that also help people on the nutrition front, in addition to like meridian therapy, acupuncture, those are uh, super interesting to me. I kind of love all of those. Do you plan to do the additional training for acupuncture? Yeah, for sure. Actually, just last weekend, I started the acupuncture one course here at Logan. Perfect. Um, so now I'm 
This course will give me 50 of the 100 hours that are required to take the board examination. So Logan has definitely opened up a lot of options of getting certified for these things to prepare me for graduation. Yeah, that's a critical one that I always recommend people have. Uh, it is the 100 hour course that you take through one of the uh, education bodies. And then from there, uh, is there a board, a test? What is the final part of that 100 hour? How do they test you on the Meridian therapy? So that'll be through the MBCE taking the National uh, Acupuncture Board exam. Yeah, and I meet with a lot of doctors who have already done the 100 hour, and now they're coming to see us for the 12 hours of formal education you need to get an MTAA. And part of the benefit is that for your 24 formal hours that you need in Missouri over the two-year period, 12 of them have to be in acupuncture and they count as part of that 24 formal. So if you're a doctor and you decide to do the Meridian therapy, your continuing education schedule gets a little bit more filled out for you, but it's not like an additional 12 hours you have to get in addition to the 48 hours you're able to use 12 of those hours towards that. And we do acupuncture at every seminar, but it's just, I learned so much from that. We've, uh, the antique points, I sat in on Dr. Todd Frisch going over the antique points. And we just, we had like a five minute conversation where he gave me some information about uh, a bag under the eye, a kidney, creatine. And he just said, it, it's, it was ancestral. He says, you know, you, the people of, you know, your ancestry have had this kind of uh, issue and all the other doctors are kind of weighing in. And I was like, wow, I need to, I need to look into this for myself, but yeah, I recommend it. The hundred hour course, it's definitely, I know there's a time cost, there's a financial cost in there and then also have to get licensed to do it, but it's definitely another uh, method you can use to help your patients. And then when it comes down to the other side of it, it's just, uh, you know, it's really helping people. I, I'm always amazed when I see like more types of acupuncture and just seeing people, uh, we did one where a gentleman had several put in his face for, uh, he explained his condition and the doctor just said, yeah, this is about what you do. And he was just sitting there. And to me, you know, I was like very scared because I was just seeing somebody with all the uh, different needles on there, but he said he like, didn't even feel them. So I was just like, wow, I haven't done acupuncture as you can tell. So maybe I need to try it. Yes, I have a big fear of needles, and so I was super nervous, but like you said, I couldn't even feel them whenever someone was practicing on me, but just kind of, you know, understanding that there's so many tools that chiropractors can have in their toolbox, and, you know, like you said, acupuncture can be super helpful, and then some doctors may focus on nutrition, or, and there's just so many different techniques that chiropractors can incorporate into their practice, too, and I'm always encouraged by all the faculty here at Logan to learn as much as you can as a student. They said there's never a better time to learn than your time as a student and just getting as many tools as you can. Yeah, and you got to take advantage of these because the, you know, you, you sit for the 100 hour course, and now you have a brand new way to help your patients. And there's other ways that you can do this, you become an insurance consultant, you can take the additional schooling to do that. And then you have to get more CE in the insurance category. But we've got some great docs that have that certification. And, you know, they help us out when we're looking at some of the different things that members will reach out to us about. And, you know, all of these different types of certifications, it's all, you know, for you and for your patients. And if you get the opportunity to do it, I recommend it. If they ever have questions about it, they can call the MCPA. I'll get somebody who has that license uh, to call you back or figure out if they can kind of answer your question and I'll call you back. And you know, it's just uh, taking that leap and seeing if it's something you'd want to do. 
I speak to some doctors who have no interest in acupuncture. It's not a part of their practice. Uh, maybe somebody else, like they have a referral uh, basis where they have another doctor they know is all about it and can help. Yeah, for sure. And just understanding, you know, like you said, some doctors may not choose to do acupuncture because it may not best serve the population that they are treating every day. But, you know, coming to understand what's going to best help the population that I serve and what tools and can I learn, what techniques can I learn to uh, add to my practice? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the serious part of the show. I usually like to end it by asking you if you're reading any books, watching any TV, podcasts, any media that you've enjoyed in the uh, most recent time here, anything that you've been into recently? So recently, I've been very into Grey's Anatomy. I've watched it several times before, but something good to turn on in the background while I'm studying. It's definitely a go-to show for me. Yeah, I've seen like seasons one through four when they were on disc set. I may be aging myself there, but you know, after season four, I don't think I've seen any. If I just had to guess, I'd bet they're in like season 18 right now or probably 20. Yeah, I think they're up to 20 now. Okay, yeah, there it is. They're going to keep rolling. Yeah, I've seen like the first four. They used to sell the DVD sets and they really, they put so much into these old DVDs. You get like the little photos and you get all these other things. Now it's an on-demand world. You know, if you've never seen it, you can probably just scroll on to one of the various providers and binge it. Yes, for sure. Yeah, it's definitely a good one. And it also fits with the uh, physician side of things, healthcare providers. That's cool. That's something that you're into as well. So it's always good to have. You never know what people are into. And I think it's always fun to ask what they're watching. Yes, gotta get away from school sometimes and relax and watch a TV show. Yeah, I may get somebody here soon on one of these episodes that doesn't watch TV. And as a result, they are, uh, you know, just like, oh, yeah, I don't know what that is. Yeah, everyone has things that they want to do in their free time, and TV may not be one of them. Yeah, I don't blame them. Lose some good time to TV, but there's some good stories out there, like you mentioned in the background, kind of just uh, noise to keep you going studying. For sure. Amazing, amazing. Well, if people want to get in contact with you or they have questions and want to reach out to you, where can people find you? So you can reach me at alexis.goodman at logan.edu. And if anyone wants to reach out to me, I'd love to hear from you and get in contact with you. Yes, and we'll also be at Logan University a few times coming up. We're going to have our seminars. We'll be in the St. Louis area February 23rd through the 25th. So if people have questions, if you're a current chiropractic student and you don't meet many doctors outside of the school and you're wanting to just chat with some folks, these are also events that you're welcome to attend. We have student memberships or folks that want to do a little bit more than just come to the events. And you know, I recommend people to get involved. The best part of this now is that the sooner you start, the easier it's going to feel to budget this time in the future when it comes down to it. If it's a situation where you care about advancing chiropractic and you really care about protecting it, it's better to figure out what your contribution is going to be right now so that you can decide what it's going to be versus if we get into an emergency situation or if we have to respond to some you know larger threat to chiropractic, uh, we don't want to be spinning everybody up then trying to figure out who can do what and who knows who. It'd be much better to have everybody in place now and we'll sort of, we'll diffuse the work among everybody. That way no one is completely maxed out. For sure. It's a great time to become involved and progress chiropractic. And like, like you said, you know, learn what you're passionate about and your role in helping out. 
Well, Alexis, it was uh, great speaking with you, and I really appreciate you coming on. I know there's so much going on over there, but I just thought it would be great to get a student perspective, and I learned a lot. I feel like there's just uh, the other docs listening will, too. Yes, thank you so much for having me on. It was great to talk to you about a little bit of insight into the life of a student. <laughs> yes, thank you so much. We'll see you when we get back to Logan University here soon.